I'm Danny Carter Iddins, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and the founder and creator of Taking Back You. The month of May is so special for moms, and this May should be no different. And mama, you are facing a unique opportunity right now. This is the perfect time to get started on that dream business that you always wanted to start, or to level up the business that you've started but haven't had the time to grow. And that's why I created Mom Business May. Join me for this free 30-day online workshop that takes you step-by-step and shows you how to start and grow your own business. And even better, throughout the month, I'll be joined by an amazing group of mom bosses whose main goal is to help you make your entrepreneurial dreams your reality. Just think, by this time next month, you could have the beginnings of a great business on your hands. Claim your spot by visiting facebook.com slash groups slash mombusinessmay2020 or visit dannycarteridens.com for more information. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast to hear from seasoned mom bosses every week in May. This May is going to be one for the books, and I can't wait to get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Taking Back You Momcast. Hi, guys. How you doing? It's Danny Carter-Iddens, your host. And in just a few minutes, we will be joined by Emma Farrick, who is the owner and creator of Elf Operations, which helps business owners get to the next level of their businesses by organizing their systems and helps them execute their grand visions. But guys, today, Emma is not going to talk to us entirely. She will talk to us a little bit about business, but Emma's going to talk to us about another topic that is very near and dear to her heart, and it is the topic of domestic violence. So Emma is going to tell her story, and I think that um, she tells it way better than I ever could. But before we get into that, I want to invite you to share and to subscribe to this podcast because doing that is the way we get this information out to people. Emma, the story that she's going to tell today, you guys, it is one of, um, I, I honestly, I, I can't believe some of the things that I heard and some of the things that I learned. But what I am finding out is that there are people who have gone through extraordinarily difficult experiences who are pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and doing a new thing, you guys. And Emma is one of those people. She's a mama. She is one of my favorite new people, and I'm so excited to share her with my listeners today, with you guys today. I'll be back at the end of the episode to share a little bit more about Emma and how you can get in contact with her. There's some resources that we talk about in the episode that I want to share with you, and that will be in the notes for this episode. I hope you really enjoy this episode and just find everything that we discuss useful and resourceful and have a wonderful time. I'll talk to you after the episode's over. Coming to you straight from Indianapolis, aka the Circle City, this is the Taking Back You Momcast. The Taking Back You Momcast is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic podcast for millennial mamas who are in the thick of mom life. And I'm your host, Danny Carter Iddens, wife, millennial mama, motivational speaker, and motherhood advocate.
Hello, everyone. I am here with Emma Farrick, and she's the owner and creator of Elf Operations, which helps business owners get to the next level in their businesses by organizing their systems and helping them execute their grand visions. But Today, Emma is going to talk to us about something very different. She is going to share her experience with domestic violence with us, and she's going to share about how it began after she had her first child. And the reason she's going to do this today is because she wants to share her story so that if anyone is experiencing this situation or this type of treatment, they can helpfully, hopefully find the courage and the strength to get help or to leave the situation. Emma is a mom of a very adorable two year old daughter. I saw her. She's really, really cute. And she lives in Pittsburgh with her boyfriend and her sister. Hi, Emma. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show and um, just for, you know, being brave and discussing this topic. Um, I have, I've shared this with my listeners before, but I kind of did a, you know, a post on social media where I was just asking people like, Hey, I'm looking for people to be on the show and I want to talk about certain topics. And, um, this was a topic that I did not even think of, but when Emma responded, she, she shared this with me and I thought, Oh my gosh, yes, this is definitely something that we should talk about. And that does need to be talked about. So I just thank you so much for being brave and <laughs> and talking about this because it's not an it's not an easy topic. Um, but before we get into it, I just want to ask you, how are you doing with everything that's going on right now in our world? Um, yeah, how you doing? Um, I think I'm gonna probably say a not normal answer, but I'm actually doing really good. I'm happy with everything, and I think that I'm trying to see the positive side. Um, everything that's going on and I'm making some big shifts in my business and in life. So, and I think this pandemic was really what I needed um, personally to get that stuff. Um, and, that's, and that's awesome. Yeah. I uh, did a couple, I did a talk with a group of women um, in Ohio and we kind of talked about that same thing where you can look at this and be like, you know, oh my gosh, this is, this is the worst thing that ever happened. Or you can look at this as an opportunity to do things that you haven't been able to do um, because you didn't have the time. So I, I think you're, you know, you're right. It's all about perspective. Um, and I think probably the fact that you have that perspective about this situation is probably um, may have may kind of feed into and have a little bit to, to do with how you um, kind of got yourself out of past situations. So I know this is a tough topic. And, you know, like I said, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. But can you tell us a little bit more about your story and kind of what happened um, to you? and what you what you did to get out of your situation yeah um so kind of like you said i think how i'm responding to everything now um being able to respond in crisis is something that i definitely did learn um when everything happened um so to like give a not a brief but like the overarching of everything that happened i met uh my ex which is my daughter's father um right before my senior semester in college. So I had just turned 21 when we met. I was working a pretty, really good job in internship. Uh, I just was really excited. I was pretty like naive at the time, I'm gonna say, because 
I just kind of fell for a lot of the red flags that had happened. Um, we started seeing each other. And then next thing you know, I was in a position where I, it was my senior semester. I was trying to find a job. I had, was working two jobs. And then on top of that, I found out that I was pregnant. Mm. And that was really, really hard for me because I was a type A person. Everything was going to go as planned. Um, and then all of a sudden, it definitely wasn't going to go as planned. And that hit me really hard. And that made it even easier um, for me to become manipulated and in a weakened state where I, where I was easier to be in that abusive relationship because what an abuser does is they really feed on fear and isolation. And I think as a lot of new moms, they can attest that you, especially with postpartum, mm -hmm. that was like a huge part of my journey. And looking back, I don't think I had postpartum as bad as I thought I did because a lot of it was mental abuse that he was inflicting upon me. And it was his abuse and his emotional turmoil that was really causing my um, postpartum to be as heightened as it was. And eventually after letting things slide, um, there was a lot of mental and emotional abuse. That is what it first started out as when we moved in together, um, because I started working right after school and he was trying to support us, um, making all these false promises, like I'll take care of you. Um, he tried to get me to quit my job so that he, I would be mm. completely dependent on him. And there was a lot of financial, um, abuse as well. And a lot of that eventually led up to and built into, um, where it was actually domestic abuse and it was physical. And okay. This so it happened. didn't start off. So it didn't start off as physical right away. No, it wasn't until my daughter was at least six months old. Okay. That's interesting. So we had been together a little over a year at that point, And a lot of people and a lot of abusers, I think, and a lot of people, women can, or men can relate that it's very hidden until um, until they feel like they, they have you very trusted. There's like a cycle, mm -hmm. um, of abuse that happens. And then the cycle of abuse gets worse and worse. And that's what happened with me where it, what first it was just like a grab on the arm or like a firm, like what, and then it escalated to a slap in the face. It was, mm. um, when he was drinking, then it was not when he was drinking. And then it finally led to the night where everything kind of blew over and I got the worst of it. And, um, my daughter was in the next room over. He had a son from a previous relationship. He was still in the house as well. And it was late at night and he, I said something he didn't like. He had been drinking and he came at me from behind. I didn't even see it coming um, back of the head with a laundry detergent bottle. And I ended up, I was just so beside myself. I didn't even know what to do except mm -hmm. that I knew I had to leave. He took my phone from me, um, told me I wasn't going to call the police. I was to clean myself up, go, be go to bed and that I was lucky to be alive. And that is what really stuck with me. And the mm -hmm. fact that I'm still bleeding from, 
the nose because I had a broken nose, um, was like, I have to get out because of prior experiences I had with, from family members, things that I had heard. I, I was like, I have to leave. And I had to leave my daughter there because I knew if I took her with me in the middle of the night, um, that he would just fight me more. So he right. let me go, um, just acted like everything was normal. Um, I left in a panic state. I went to the police and luckily in PA, if you have physical, if you can see that there's physical harm to a person, they, they, they will and have to arrest that person on the spot. So when I got, I went to our, I would say, I wouldn't say mother-in-law, but his mother's house that was down a couple blocks, um, there and had them call the police is actually what happened. Cause I didn't have a phone. Um, right. So then that started the whole process of, okay. And like in my head, I was like, if you do this, there's no turning back. Like you, you have to go forward. And I knew that was what was best for me and my daughter and going through that legal process of filing for a P PFA. And for those of people who don't know what that is, it's a protection from abuse order. And, um, going through the process of figuring out how am I going to apply for custody? What's going to happen? How am I going to afford all this? And, um, staying strong, not only for myself, but for my daughter. And that's kind of where it kicked off the whole like recovery process, I'll say. Right. Um, Wow. Oh my gosh. That's, um, and yeah, we, you know, I, I always speak to, um, guests before, but I, we just kind of did like a kind of meet and greet chat. So even I, this is the first time I'm hearing the full, um, story and wow. Um, my gosh, I, I just, wow. Um, so I'm really interested in this kind of what you said where, and I guess for people who have not experienced anything um, like, you know, abuse, I think we're, we might be shocked to hear this, but it didn't, like you said, it didn't necessarily start with physical violence right away. Um, and I, I think that's very interesting because I guess there's, I wouldn't, I, I don't, maybe stereotypical kind of almost um, what people think of as like abuse or, you know, violence or whatever. And so I think it's interesting that you, you said it kind of built up. Yeah. Um, and so tell me a little bit more about that, like the kind of the signals or behaviors um, that like maybe, you know, looking back on it now and, you know, what is that? Hindsight is 2020. Um, yeah you look back on it now and you're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what that was. That's what, what was happening. Yeah. And, um, for those of like people who don't like, like you said, maybe have never experienced it before or been through it. Um, and looking back at this is all stuff I didn't really pay attention to when we first started dating. Um, because I was just like not aware. And a lot of it was my personality type contributed to this. Um, because I am so trusting of people and I, I always try to look for the best in people. Um, but short fuses is one of them. Um, and a lot of people who distribute, um, or who are abusive will have kind of sort of a bipolar and their mental state and their actions are very repetitive. 
Um, there's a lot of deflection. They don't take, um, they don't take act, like accountability for their actions. It's always the other person. Um, at first it's little things like, and you know, when you're just first dating someone, you're just like, okay, I'm going to try to let that slide or you're just like just getting used to their personality type and um the deflection and projection were two big things I definitely ignored where little things that I should have picked up on um were totally just that that's what contributed in it like slowly built up like he pushed his limit on little things to see how much he could push before actually taking those um, further actions. And a lot of it was that abusers do is they try to get you isolated or mm -hmm. they try to control your fear. So I, whether this was intentional or not, and I, I think my personal belief is that it was, is what he did was a very specific type of abuse of he wanted the control so bad was that I think he intentionally tried to get me pregnant so that I, mm -hmm. that was like some form of control where, wow. um, which like, this is the first time I'm talking about this. So this is very like raw for me and well, not first time I'm talking about it, but publicly. Um, so there's like, they just try to do power moves that yeah. they slowly encroach upon you and financial abuse is definitely one I think that is more common um because they'll like get in your ear and they they like get to know you and your fears and they build you up and this is like all from a book I know we had talked about this before mm -hmm. and I found the name of the book that I read after everything had happened it's called psychopath free recovering from emotionally abusive relationships and that's shed a lot of light on this the, the cycle that an abuser will um go through they build you up so much and make you feel like the most important person in the world and that's what it was like for the first six months of our relationship like he wow. did nothing but nonstop spoiled me and so at 21 you think that's great like mm -hmm. I didn't we went to bars I didn't have to buy alcohol and he was um substantially a bit older he was 10 years older than me but at the time I was dating guys older than me because of just the maturity level right and you know you think you can trust someone um and then a lot of things looking back is past the point i of the point after finding out we were pregnant um was when a lot of truth started coming out where he had lied about a lot of things like um that i should have seen were red flags that, which mm -hmm. i did see as red flags then but at that point i was a little bit more stuck than i would have liked you know, right. and you're, when you're pregnant, you're like, I don't know what to do. So I think that added a layer up to it that a lot of people maybe don't experience. Um, is it because if you don't have kids with someone, it's a whole different dynamic to the relationship. And um, so I think that the, the financial and emotional, just like mm -hmm. the cycle and the buildup and they get you to turn on family and friends. Um, wow is like kind of where it, where it really starts for a lot of people and i think a lot of people can relate to that yeah i know no i, I it's interesting i'm listening to um you speak and i am realizing in you know 
and I, I've been married to my husband for, I don't even know how long we've been married because we, I just feel like we've been together forever. We've been together for like 12 years, 12 and a half, a long time, but um, I'm listening to you and I'm realizing that the person that I was dating before my husband, um, he, a lot of the stuff that you were saying, that is, yeah. Uh, that is, yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people can relate because I've been through a little bit of different groups and readings, mm -hmm. but they want you to think that you're the only one feeling like that. And right. then people that get out of the situation or don't know how to get out of the situation, they feel even more isolated, which makes them like go back to that person. Yeah. So like support groups and networks to get out are huge for people um, who are in that situation. And yeah. like, I was so fortunate to have a very firm family and I had an aunt who had went through a similar situation. So that's how I even knew like so much of what to do and like what the next steps were, um, like oh, getting cool. that PFA Im immediately for myself and for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, and like taking the necessary legal actions through all of it, um, is something so like it's hard sometimes to take the high road and take that legal action, even if you don't agree with what they're implementing. Um, just from my own personal experiences that it wasn't always great. And I know a lot of women go through this. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I think it's so important. No, for women. I, this is very important. No, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, for the legal aspect, because I remember one of the most powerful things I had a public defender lawyer helping me when, we started this whole process and one thing I wish I could go back and do was hire someone. I know it costs a lot and I know that's not always an option for women, but right. you get what you pay for. And a public defender looked at me and said, the system is reactive. It's not proactive. So even after all this happened and it was so horrible, I still had to share my daughter with him. Uh, luckily because of how physical it was and the everything and how disrespectful he was. So him not being able to keep his cool in court and not act appropriately mm. definitely played in my favor. So you always want to look like the one who's more in control and mm -hmm. things like that. He ended up only getting her for two days a week, um, but only during the day and no overnight, which was huge for um, where we are now because he continuously de digressed through the whole situation. If he would have behaved and acted right like he probably would have had more time by now through the court's eyes mm -hmm. um but because of that he is down to only supervised visits so you may not wow. agree with everything at first um and i definitely didn't because i was so fearful to leave not even a one-year-old she wasn't one at the time so to leave a baby with yeah. some, oh, no. someone like that mm -hmm. yeah and it's mm. hard i know a lot of men and women because i don't want to just say women are in this situation um, right. Yeah, definitely. To take that emotion out for your kids. Yeah. Wow. That, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine leaving a baby. Um, you know, I, I, even under the best circumstances as a mom, you know, leaving your baby somewhere. Um, I know how hard it was to when my son was was a baby to just even go to the store <laughs> without him <laughs> i just felt like i didn't have my you know arm um if i didn't have him with me and so yeah i can't imagine leaving your daughter in a situation like that and and 
being required to. Um, but the good thing is, is that it seems like people, uh, he's, if nothing else, he's consistent. So he did what he, he did, he did what he do. And um, he <laughs> managed it. He kind of, you know, got him, like you said, he regressed. And so he lost even the few privileges he had. He's, he's lost those. Um, yes. So that's, you know, I guess the, if you, if you want to find a little bit of a silver lining um, in, in that situation. So tell me more about your network of support. Um, your, you said that your, you, your aunt had also gone through something similar. Um, so she, so she was able to kind of help you navigate through, uh, what you needed to do. She told you to get the PFA right away, which that's news to me. I would not have known. Um, I've never heard of that before. So that is that is news to me. So it's actually very something, something very interesting. And it's something that I'm glad that I know now, um, being in the position that I am where I speak to a lot of, a lot of women all over the country. So tell me about your network of support. I'm assuming your aunt was part of it, obviously. Um, who else did you have, or did you have family, friends, um, maybe an outside group of people or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, my aunt was a huge part of everything because we had to um kind of like backpedaling into the pfa i literally left the hospital um because i chose and that's another thing i want to add if you do call like if you're getting abused or experiencing this do you want to call the police as soon as possible i know it's very uncomfortable but you need to document that you need to document every single time because i had pictures and screenshots and text messages that I had saved every time it had happened prior to show like a pattern, but it wasn't as valuable if I would have called or mm -hmm. done something sooner. Um, but so documenting everything you can, because that helps so much for my PFA when filling out the paperwork and just like, it's hard to fill out that paperwork when you're so emotional. So when I left the hospital, um, before I left the hospital, the hospital emergency people were actually like the first important people in this journey because um that's why I went to the hospital was to document everything to get a cat scan to get um photographs taken like it was all so that other people could see it and the nurses there were the first ones because they see this I got they see that's more um mm -hmm. than you would expect and they were very very encouraging to me to keep going on the path that it's a hard path to go through, like getting out and separating yourself from that. Um, but just offering me that support, encouraging me to call my parents and tell them um, because I was so scared to lean on them and to let them know what had been happening. Um, Cause you so were, they like were 22, huge. right? You, at this yeah, point? I was 22 yeah. at the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, called them. They lived two hours away. They dropped everything to come to the hospital to come and get me, um, took me to fill out the PFA. So on the weekend in, in PA, we, it's kind of, it might be different in every area, but it's called night court is where you would mm -hmm. go and, um, fill out the paperwork because it was on a weekend. So I had, nothing was really open, but it's an emergency night court type of thing that is open during all hours so that you can go and fill this out. Um, and you document the abuse, you doc, you like have to present a case on why you're, um, you feel that your life is in danger and why you're doing this. And then you 
will go through a proceeding um, in front of an actual hearing like a week or two later. Um, but so the emergency one's only good for like on a weekend, just that right. that's like a technical thing for people to know. But um, so my parents were huge in all of this and they came to stay with us because um, because I filled out the PFA, I got kind of ownership of our, our house that we were renting at the time. Um, and it was legally binding for him to not come near it or anything. He had to go through a police officer to get some stuff out of the house um, because he couldn't be there by himself. And I actually ended up dropping a bag off at the police station because I didn't want him anywhere near the house. Right. Um, then going through the process of like getting the locks changed and all that. But they stayed with me for a whole week, um, which was huge. And then trying to figure out the next steps of, okay, I don't want to stay in this house because there was just so much yeah. um, fear to live there because it also was two blocks away from his mom's where she was running for at the time. So that made me uncomfortable. Um, so I decided to leave. And so what happened was my aunt luckily lived close enough that I could live with her for a short temporary time um, and still be able to like work at my normal job. But for women who maybe, or men who don't have that option, um, and this is a resource that I definitely utilize and recommend many other uh, women utilizes the women's shelter. There's a lot of areas that have them. It might be different names, but if you Google them, uh, they should come up for your area. They're state and locally funded um, organizations. So the Pittsburgh Women's Shelter is where I went through. And if I didn't have my aunt, I could have, they have um, places for you to stay, for you to take your kid um, so that you don't have to stay in that house and it's protected. Um, they offer different services legally and for free or low cost, and they provide you with different um, necessities if you need it. Um, because for a little bit there, I didn't want to go to the shelter or I didn't need right. to, but I was still scared. So they gave me alarms for my windows and for my doors in case I were um, something were to happen where he'd come back because a lot of people are unpredictable. So definitely for anyone listening to utilize those free and available resources. Um, I know I said something about the lawyer earlier, but that's very different. Like they have therapists, they have um, people who donate and a lot of things going on right now with COVID and the pandemic, mm -hmm. they're actually seeing an increase um, of domestic violence issues and reports right now because people are trapped, stuck in their homes. So if you maybe never experienced it or you can give back, giving back to those shelters, um, donating like non-perishables, clothes, gift cards. Like I've been trying to do that now with everything going on because they are so useful to them. But uh, in my personal network, I had my aunt and my sisters and um, I had a couple of good friends from college that were still living there at the time. And they were so vital and, being there for me whenever I needed it and just giving me that support day to day. Yeah, it, it's um, and I'm that I'm really happy to hear that you had that, you know, support and you had those people in your life. Um, and it's interesting that you would bring up, you know, everything with COVID-19, because that actually was one of the things I was going to ask you about um, anyway, just because I know that this is um, I'm seeing on, you know, I'll see on social media someone saying, you know, if you're in a situation, um, 
you know, a dangerous situation, ask me about, and it'll be at, you know, it'll tell them to ask you about something that you know nothing about, you know? Um, but that's right. kind of the signal to let them know that you are, you know, you feel like you're not in a safe situation um, and that they can kind of try to help you. Um, so, you know, aside, aside from that, do you have any, you know, things that, and I like the women's shelter. Um, I actually, that's one of our things that we, when we lived up north in Indiana, we used to um, donate food items all the time to the women's shelter um, in our town. And so I, I definitely 100% support um, what Emma is saying because they, they provide resources to help you. Um, and there's a lot of times things that you are so worried about. And so when you, if you are able to get to a shelter, a women's shelter, um, they will handle a lot of stuff for you so that you can do what you need to do. Cause a lot of times there's a lot of pieces that have to go together and they know that. So don't be afraid to reach, you know, reach out to them, uh, or, or, take that step because this is unfortunately what they do um, and what they handle. And so they have a lot of experience with it. Um, but for COVID, you know, with COVID-19, I know a lot of people are, are stuck. Like you said, they're, they're in a bad situation. So do you have any kind of ways that they can, um, I guess maybe this, I don't know if this sounds weird or not, but like plan uh, to change their situation or kind of like start a plan to change their situation, even though they might not be able to right now, just maybe if they can, you know, have something in place where they can, as soon as this is over or as soon as they are able to kind of have guns blazing um, and, you know, do what they can do. Do you, do you have any ideas or tips for that? Yeah. Um, I think because in my mind, I, I was in a similar, not a similar situation with COVID, but I knew ahead of time that I wanted to leave, but I didn't know financially if I could support um, myself and Charlotte because I had student loans. I had a car payment. I had a good paying job, but it was just not enough. And like the problem with, with my paycheck was I was making too much to mm -hmm even qualify for a lot of programs that you could take advantage of. Um, like for childcare, if you make under a certain amount, you can get support in childcare, you can um, find different resources that way. So I knew ahead of time that I didn't, wasn't going to be able to financially support myself with rent and bills. Um, so I started saving a nest egg um, long before mm -hmm. I left, which was really my saving grace for that short time period. Um, so save what you can. If you're not going out to eat right now, if you're getting the stimulus check and you don't need to use it um, for bills or something like obviously to live, I would definitely recommend um, saving that if you can. I know a lot of people maybe already have shared bank accounts. Um, mm -hmm. Try to get something in your own name where they don't know um, if they are going to work and you're not do that while they're not home, because I know it sounds bad to say like, do it in secrecy, but you don't want to, you don't want to do something that's confrontational because then you're not going to be in control of the situation because they're going to try and take control. And mm -hmm. 
you, I know in my case, I was a lot smaller than him and there was no way I was going to be able to like confront him on this or um, they're not using like any logical part of their brain. So you want to avoid confrontation, but saving up that nest egg, getting a bank account in your own name. um, And if there's a lot of people who maybe back to the financial abuse, they, a lot of women have trouble or men, um, they let their partner take over the finances Mm -hmm. and they don't even know how to pay their bills or how to set those accounts up, start looking into it. Um, Learn as much as you can. Look, there's so many free resources. There's so many things with YouTube now. There's classes to teach you how to do that kind of stuff. Just basics like, um, and things that you can utilize. So take this time to mentally prepare and find resources, save as much money as possible. Um, and I was even before I left and before it, cause I wanted to leave amicably. And I think we both knew that it was eventually going to happen, but mm-hmm. we weren't at a point where we were ready to admit that. Um, I had been looking for places before because a lot of our fights were like the first big fight that was kind of physical that I should have done something was on 4th of July. He kicked us out. Like literally that night put me and Charlotte on the porch. Oh my God. Yep. Cause I wasn't going to leave without her. And he knew that. Um, and I had to take her a car seat in a bag and Uber to my friend's house. Um, because I had like a few drinks. I didn't want to drive. I mean, I was coherent, but I wasn't going to drive in that state. So I took an Uber to my friend's house and I, at that fight had took, went back and unpacked, packed up all my stuff, put in a, uh, I put it in a storage facility and was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Spent the night at my aunt's house, spent the night at my friend's house. My mom and dad took Charlotte at that fight, but he like tried to get me to come back, was promised me he was going to go to therapy. We were going to go to um, couples therapy and we did, but eventually he was like, I'm too busy with work. I can't do this. But that was like my condition to come back, which he went to a few to like let everything simmer down. And then the, everything went back into the cycle. Yeah. Um, because even the, cause I, at this point I was going to my on to therapy on my own for postpartum. And then we were also going to couples therapy because that's what he was blaming everything on. Um, and mm-hmm. they're very good at manipulating people mm-hmm. even when they're not paying attention. So he even got the therapist, our couples therapist to not so much turn on me, but get to make it make her think that it was all my postpartum oh my gosh in a way so I didn't even want to go back like at that point yeah I was like you're always on his side it's always me having to work on something not him taking ownership he's the one with the anger like um, Even, and you think the therapist would be able to see through this. <laughs> it's like you are a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only went to two sessions before. He's oh, like, okay. I'm not so going she, again. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't even really give it a, um, a fair go. Yeah. And that's, right. yeah. And I, I know of a situation, um, of a family member right now where that's kind of what the, the situation is, is not even really giving it a fair go giving therapy a fair go um because it's not you know other things are more important according to them yeah um so i want to do that's a, a sign <laughs> yeah yeah and that's I, I like that and that's a sign haha <laughs> um 
that, you know, look at those things. And, and like I said, I, I really do think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because I'm looking back because I, I was actually in a similar relationship at like probably around the exact same age that you were in this relationship. And now I'm wondering, and, and I'm glad I don't know, but what would have happened if um, I had continued? Because I had one of those days, you know, it was like you said, you feel like um, you're the only, you, you two are the only people in the world yeah. and you're the only one experiencing this. Um, and I remember he used to tell me, you know, and he even did the, at the beginning of the relationship, lavishing, spoiling so many different things. And then slowly but surely that cut off. And then it mm -hmm. started to be, um, he didn't want to spend time with me and my friends. So it was only me. He only wanted to spend time with yeah. me. And then um, after that, then we couldn't even go places anymore. So he only wanted to spend time with me um, in my apartment. We couldn't, we didn't go to his parent, like to his house where he still lived with his parents, which I guess was probably another, <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> another sign, another sign. But you know, it was just a lot of things now that I kind of chalked up to like, oh, we were in grad school, we were figuring ourselves out, but now I'm looking at it and kind of in the light of what you're saying. And I'm realizing, oh no, that was the beginning. And, you know, if I had stayed longer, um, and if, you know, situations hadn't changed because what ended up happening was I saw that I met this cute boy in grad school, um, <laughs> and ended up dumping that guy. And that cute boy is my husband. So I, I wonder yeah. if I hadn't, you know, if that hadn't happened, how long I would have stayed and how long I would have, you know, what would have taken place and how it would have progressed. And I'm glad that I don't have to know. And, you know, we'll never find out. Um, yeah, that's, wanna... that's the good thing. And a lot of people are lucky enough, not lucky enough or lucky, smart, pay attention, whatever word you want to use, um, to not experience that. So I'm really happy you didn't have to experience that. Thank you. Um, and I'm, but I, you know, I think that, like I said, I wanted to discuss this because I think that, and even looking at my, you know, my friends in college and um, experiences that my friends had in grad school and in college and even in our early 20s, I'm, you know, early to mid 20s, I'm not exactly convinced that, you know, um, we, you know, several of my friends were not going through the same thing, um, that they were not, you know, experiencing the same thing. And so it, it is really interesting to speak with you. Um, because yeah, wow. It, just thinking back on a lot of the com the conversations that we kind of almost thought were normal. If, if, if that's a weird way to say it. Yeah. Um, like the, like we, we liked the drama of it. Um, yes. if that, like, I don't, I can't think of a better way to describe it, but I remember one time being in a car with my best friend and we were driving and her fiance was following behind us down um, this road that we used to call rodeo road. And he was speeding and we were speeding and, and it was scary, but it was like weird because it also was like adrenaline E and <laughs> yeah, you know, you like addicted to the, the yeah. high feeling yeah. and then there's, but there's always going to be a low. Yeah. 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 No, That's I, I, I can agree. And I, um, I know I, I get the words that you're trying. To yeah. Say. Like it's weird to say, cause I'm not, I don't want to say like it was enjoyable, but it was definitely a weird 
uh, I don't know, phenomenon, I guess. Um, yeah. That possibly explains, you know, not all of uh, why people don't necessarily see the signs right away, but why, you know, um, how it can kind of build up and in, in, without you noticing it, how it can kind of sneak up on you. Yeah. And I didn't realize that either. And I had a similar, not like to this extent relationships, but where um, like the highs and the lows with mm -hmm. fighting and then they make you feel really good about yourself. Like, and there's like an extent of that in normal, healthy relationships where you're right. fighting, but what they, an abuser does. And I've learned that in the book that I had mentioned. Um, I didn't even know that there was like kind of a term or that so many people did it, even if they're unaware is they, they cap, not capitalize, but monetize on that, that mm. high feeling that people are addicted to. So they take it away from you to see what you're going to do to, um, like get to get back. them to bring it back. Yeah. Kind of wow. like that. They, like, it's they like a drug. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's what uh, drug dealers do to get you. <laughs> get you get you you know see what you're gonna do so you can come back for that for more this is crazy this i mean this is so interesting um and i'm just so glad that you are sharing with us today i want to switch gears a little bit because i do want to talk about kind of the positive that came out of this and that is that you started your own business um and that's one of the things that um, we do at Taking Back You and just kind of what I do, kind of my mission is to help moms, you know, make their dreams their reality and to take, you know, a situation that you're in right now. And if, you, if it's not where you want to be, figure out how to get you where you want to be. So you started Elf Operations and um, it, you described it as an investment in yourself and your daughter's future. So like, how did all that come together? Yeah. Um, so it kind of did spiral out of everything that had happened. It was more towards a year later that I started my business, but it was because I wasn't getting child support. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and instead of allowing the financial dependence on another person, um, take so much control over my life, I wanted to be able to provide for my daughter and for myself. And I started to realize that the company that I was working for, um, their values and my values with where I wanted to be in life um, weren't going to align and it wasn't going to allow me to live the life I wanted with my daughter. Um, it didn't like have flexibility and it was just so constraining because there was so many days that year I had to take off for court or mm -hmm. take off for her being sick because I couldn't work from home with this job either because of the nature of it. And, um, so I started researching different ways that I could make money from home, um, that I could do while I had Charlotte and at night after she went to bed. And I eventually stumbled upon, um, kind of like freelancing virtual assistant work. And that kind of piqued my interest because I could start a business relatively easily and, um, quickly because I knew I, my savings weren't going to last much longer because right. I had said that. I was um, putting money away and um, I had a little bit left and I was like, okay, I can either do use it to pay off a couple of things of debt that I wanted to pay off, or I can put this money into a course that I purchased um, to get a return on that investment. Um, 
and that's what I ultimately ended up doing. I took all of October of last year and November, a part of November with the holidays and went through these courses just um, to see how do I, how do I even market myself as a VA? What is a VA, which is um, a virtual assistant. And that kind of led me down the path of um, starting up my own business. And now I have like a greater vision from all this knowledge that I've learned from the online space of where my business can go and what you can offer people. Um, and that you, anyone can offer a lot of value for just being like, just for your knowledge right. um, and yeah. your own yeah. personal experience. Um, so that's why I really started being a VA and why I started Elf Operations um, because it really aligned with the value of being able to work for myself, having the flexibility, and I was able to make a greater impact um, helping other business owners instead of just working for one corporation right. that maybe didn't um, value me as much as a small business would. Well, and obviously you are a person who cares about people. That's why you're on today talking about what you are talking about. So yeah, I, I think that's really cool that you were able to look and say, wait a minute, this is not, you know, um, these aren't these values aren't lining up with who I want to be, and and you probably are thinking about your daughter as well, you know, because if if she's looking at you, you're thinking, okay, I want my daughter to see me, you know, doing A B C, not this, um, and that's something that moms always think about, and you know, it's when you think about your children looking up at you and seeing, you know using you as kind of like their template because that's what happens. And so I think that's really cool that you invested in yourself, which is very hard for moms to do. Um, <laughs> I think I probably have at yes. least um, maybe every single podcast episode. I, I, in some way, shape or form, I plead with moms to invest in themselves. Um, and, you know, maybe it's not even to this extent of buying a course online to figure out, you know, how to build your business, but even just like to buy yourself a new shirt or shoes or something, you know, like where, yeah. where you can feel good about yourself and feel better about yourself um, and feel like you are, you know, doing something positive. Um, I like your kind of what you were saying as far as you can teach and you can do your work without being, you know, the quote unquote expert. Um, I think that's a very common myth that a lot of women who are aspiring to, you know, some sort of entrepreneurial aspirations. Um, I think that a lot of them think, well, I don't know anything. Why is anybody going to listen to me? Um, I'm just mom from, you know, Pittsburgh. Why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? But I, I like that you say, no, that's not it. That's literally not the case. Um, and that's what I share that all the time too. People are it, like what you know is amazing um and you know what emma knows and i know what danny knows and so and so knows what so and so knows and so there are people who are looking for your specific knowledge and your specific skill sets and they are not necessarily looking for you know mr um big expert or mrs big expert to you know drop all these un kind of almost sometimes useless information that doesn't really pertain to them. But, you know, right. they can look at you and they can go, oh, hey, this, this woman's a mom. 
She's been through some stuff. She's figured it out. She can do it. I'm going to listen to her and I'm going to figure out how to do it too. There is a value in that. And um, I'm, I just really applaud you for knowing your value and knowing your worth and investing in yourself and investing in your daughter's future and to make, and for making sure that the values of, you know, what you do, how you make your living line up with, you know, who you are. Um, I I think that's, that's a hard step for a lot of people. Um, They know, they know that it's something that they want to do. But I don't know if it's necessarily as, you know, I, I think it's a hard leap for people to make. So I applaud you for that. I think I'm, I think that's um, a really admirable quality. And I hope, and, and people who are listening, see, <laughs> you can, you can, you can do it. Um, you can start your business and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, pretty. It can be messy. Um, Messy action is better than no action. Exactly. I mean, that's how this podcast started. Um, I, I, one day I was sitting there and my son was, he was in um, pre-K and I was just sitting at home and I had nothing to do. And what, the one thing I knew is I I really just wanted to talk to people about uh, how to get something done in 2019. So my husband, who I told you before we started recording, is a sound. He loves, uh, he's an audio guy. He went to school for it. Yeah. And he, had, he bought this really nice microphone. So I went on YouTube and I figured out how to plug it into my computer because um, <laughs> I knew nothing. I knew nothing. And I plugged it into my computer and I pressed and I found Audible and, I, and then I pressed record and I talked for about 35 minutes. And then I, I listened and I thought, hey, this is interesting. I, somebody might listen to this. Maybe not. Maybe. Who knows? And then I was like, well, I don't want to be raggedy. So I've had my husband help me make a little theme song situation. Yeah. And then I have a podcast. It all takes, it just takes one step forward to find like how to do it. And if you don't try, you're never going to like those failures or those little mistakes are going to help you point to something better. Right. Or like what you truly want to do. Because you don't know unless you try. Yeah, you really, I mean, honestly, you just don't know unless you try. Um, I, I agree with that completely, 100%. And, and I don't know if I shared this with you, but I um, teach dance. And uh, one of the things that I always tell my students is we have like a little mantra. And we say, try, fail, revise, repeat. I love that. And so that's, that's what, you know, I, I swear I'm going to make shirts one day. Um, because, and you know what? Now I'm saying it. I just said it. I put it out in the universe. I'm making shirts. Um, I'll buy one from you because I love that. I'll be your first customer. <laughs> well, thank you, Emma. Yes, because I, I, it's something that's been on my, and see, that's, that's the COVID-19 thought process because that's something that's been on my mind for, I mean, 10 years. Because um, I say to my kids, I mean, like 100 times, and I, I can start with, and my kids know, like, I know, Miss Danny, try, fail, revise, repeat. But the reason I say that is because, you know, in a lot of things, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Well, duh. It's the first time you've done it. So you're going to try it. It's probably not going to go great, but you're going to figure out what didn't go great. You're going to revise and then you're going to try, you're going to do it again. And then that time you're going to revise and you can do it again until you get to where you want to be. Um, and, you know, so my thought process has always been, process has always been that, you know, 
um, if we're not doing things that scare us and that we don't know how to do, then like, what are we doing? Yeah, you're not moving forward. Yeah. I know that a lot of people let fear stop them, but fear, and this is something I've worked on and talked to with um, some coaches that I know and mentors, that fear is just the, the part of your brain that's trying to keep you safe. But mm-hmm. it's just trying, if you never push the boundaries, you're never going to grow. And I think from my own personal experience, and a lot of people can attest, or if you listen to a lot of podcasts, um, people who are so um, like you idolize or people that you want to be like, they, they found their um, purpose or their, their next thing when they're at their lowest level. That's always such a common theme. Like if I hadn't gone through this, I don't think I would have ever had the courage to put myself out there like I did. And I never would have been the urgency to start my own business. Like I probably would have just kept making excuses. Like I don't have time for it. I don't need it. But it's like when you're down to the wire and you have to do something, you're more than likely going to do it. Right. Survival mode kicks in. Yes. And that's, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested and I'm excited to see the businesses and the things that come out of this time in our history. Um, Because I I think you're right that, you know, when you're down, that's when a lot of the magic happens because it has to. Um, My grandma used to always say this and I never knew what it meant, but she used to always say necessity is the mother of invention. And I, I always thought like, what the heck does that mean? But now, you know, I get older. I'm like, oh, well, you made it because you need it. You're doing it because you need to. (laughs) And it was, you know, and I'm sure it was some saying that she had heard her whole life and was just repeating it, but it is true. Necessity is the mother of invention. The reason we have all the things we have is because someone sat there and thought, hey, we need this, you know, um, or whatever. Even, Even your virtual assistant work is because someone was trying to do these things and realized they weren't that good at it. And so they were like, what if we had a thing where, (laughs) you know, someone who wasn't even here with me necessarily was helping me because they're smarter at this than I am. Um, Or they just don't want to do it. A lot of people. That's true too. They just don't want to do it. Yeah. Because they want to focus on whatever, you know, they're focusing on and they don't want to do those things. And you're like, hey, I'll do it, you know. Um, yep. And I think that's, I think that's really, I think it's really cool. And I, that's what I love about being, you know, alive in this time. Um, and that's what I love about, I'll say this, this is what I love about being a millennial. I feel like our generation has really figured it out as far as like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um because it's not always a given, you know, that you're going to have a steady paying job. I mean, we've gone through this twice now. My gosh, you know, (laughs) we have gone through this twice. Um, Because I remember the recession was right when I got out of college. And then now we're going through this again, where, okay, now there's a pandemic and no one can work. Um, So if there was if there was ever a signal for me and a lot of the people in my age and our, 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 uh, 30, you know, 30, 30 somethings is that we're like, okay, you know what? I'm done with <laughs> counting on a bunch of other people for, you know, my, my well being because it's not working. Um, and so if there was ever a time that you had something that you wanted to do, uh, girlfriend, go for it. Cause 
you gotta you gotta be able to uh, take care of stuff. You gotta be able to handle your things. Yeah, and I are... think. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people who do start their own businesses or want to start their own businesses, they, they're so afraid of, well, my corporate job is safe. Well, right now, right. how safe is your corporate mm-hmm. job and how much control do you have over that paycheck? Preach and with girl. Mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, you can you need to divert. Like I listened to a lot of my, um, financial independence podcasts too when I was going through um, everything and diversifying your revenue streams. Like if mm-hmm. I have four or five different clients, um, if I lose one, it's not going to be as much of an impact as if I lose that one corporate job where that's my whole revenue right. stream. Or if you have your podcast and then you have, you start selling shirts then you have that, or you start selling a membership, like you have so much more control over your money than when you're working through working for a corporate job and people have a certain mindset I think who are a lot older than us like you mentioned millennials are like figuring it out and realizing that um they're not that safe and they're so afraid of like not having health care and benefits but like you can get those benefits on your own and it's really not that hard and the fun thing about owning your own business is a lot of the stuff that you'd be paying for for things like benefits you would be able to pay for them with like a tax deduction because you're running it. There's like all these hacks that people don't realize or look into um, that you benefit from owning your own business. um, At least for what I've learned from since starting. Well, Emma, I want to do something. Um, we're going to, we're going to wrap up, but I want to do two things. First, I want to talk because I always ask my listeners um, something to share something fun or interesting about themselves. And your fun thing is really cool. So I want to share that. And it's cool in two ways. It's actually kind of like, you know, it's like cool. <laughs> and then it's also cool. Burr. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask, I want to invite you. Um, I, in May, I do something called Mom Business May. Okay. And um, I'm doing this on the spot, people. Like, we did not discuss this at all. But <laughs> I'm very uh, nervous right now. Too. Like, I don't know what she's going to ask. She's like, I don't even know what's going on right now. Um, <laughs> I'm doing this on the spot, but because just based on what you are saying, like, you, we need you back. We need to have you back. Um, so I would love to have you back for Mom Business May to, um, even if you don't want to do a podcast, if you can maybe do a video or something or share something um, on the, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, something. I need to have you back because I, you are um, a, an amazing woman and you have an amazing story and you have a lot of knowledge that people need. Um, oh, thank you. So yes, I would love to have you back um, because yeah, we got more to talk about. I, I would <laughs> I can love already to. Tell. <laughs> I love it. I will talk all day. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. We got more stuff we need to tell the people. <laughs> but <laughs> it's easy when you ha- are having good conversation, and you're just so easy to talk to. Oh well, thank you. I, you know, I will tell you this: my uh, sorority. I was the person. Uh, I got in. I got in trouble for talking all the time growing up. I mean, I just did. I'll be honest with you, um, because I didn't understand how to necessarily take my talent and you know use it for good. I just would talk, um, and I'm a talk, and I'm a talker to this day. But I did finally learn, kind of in college, that I had this thing where I could just talk to people, and so it wasn't always a positive, but. <laughs> 
I think maybe as I got it into it, yeah, I've learned how to turn it into a positive. Um, and so it's just one of those gifts that God blessed me with. And, you know, uh, yeah. And my, you know, my grandma had the same thing. We would laugh, we'd go to the grocery store and someone would just start talking to her. And they would just, and I would joke because I was like, Grandma, they just told you like all their business. And she would go, <laughs> and I go, did you know them? And she goes, no, people just tell me stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I know I got it from her. Um, but, you know, I, I, I enjoy it because I love to talk to people and I love people. I love when people tell me their stories and I love when people tell me about their lives because I'm just always so interested to get to know people. And, and I'm one of the, I find people, you know, when they're walking on the street, I just, it's weird. Cause I want to walk up to them and I want to just be like, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but my husband said, that's weird. No. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I had, to, I have gotten that before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I figured out how to do it in a controlled environment. Um, <laughs> but I want to share just before we go, this one thing. And I, like I said, I, my listeners know every time I have a guest on, I ask them to tell me something fun or unusual about themselves. And your fun or unusual thing is really cool. Um, and I, I was, I read it and I thought I read it wrong. And I, then I was like, well, what could I possibly have thought it said? But you, <laughs> you played ice hockey. Yep, that my sister and I did because I'm the oldest of four girls. So my dad didn't have any boys. Okay, um, okay, so that explains a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of give that preface like my dad had no boys, so we did a lot with like I have like the tomboy of the group. Mm -hmm. So ice hockey, I used to go hunting with him, fishing, like all the outdoorsy boy stuff. So, but ice hockey, I played all throughout high school. It's still one of my favorite like things to do in my free time whenever I find some, if I find some this year, we'll see, but we go to penguins games a lot. And okay. that's like my favorite pastime thing to do. Well, that is so cool. I, there, I remember in high school, there was one girl on the hockey team. Um, and I just thought she was so cool. Um, and I just was like, I, I don't do cold. I actually used to ice skate, but I quit to dance more because okay. I can't, I don't do cold. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, you know, and and of course I know you're working out on the ice, so you're not necessarily like freezing, freezing, but I just can't. So I think that's really cool that you, <laughs> like you played ice and your sister did too. Yeah. Um, so that's, so were you guys like the only girls on the team or were there, did they have like a girls team or were you guys just like on the team and this is what you did? So we lived, um, North of Pittsburgh. So in, an Erie PA, which is very, like, it's a very popular sport there. Um, so we played on a girls travel team out of New York. So wow. we would drive an hour to an hour and a half, depending on practice, where practice was, because we were like a combined team between yeah. two cities. So we would spend most of our time on during the week, um, which I think this really helped me later in life with my business, like juggling school and driving to yeah. practice and a job. So we would drive to New York for games and practices and tournaments and, um, but it was awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's a great team sport. Um, so wow. yeah, we were, oh it was a whole family thing. That is so cool. That is really cool. And I know, um, I'm learning, um, because my sister-in-law lives in, and so you refer to it as PA. Is that yeah. like how, okay. I, I got to know like the lingo um she was she actually just moved back to Connecticut but she was living in PA for um <laughs> I'm like now I'm cool now um 
a little while and she she was explaining to me that like new york is not even that far i don't know what i thought like i i was an english major i know nothing about the country (laughs) (laughs) and where things are but yeah so yeah so this is the second time i'm hearing this so this is this is true you could be um in pennsylvania and new york okay wow yeah because like where erie is it's like in this little little portion where you're it's like a tiny little slot right between ohio and new york so you could and it's smack dab in the middle you could be in ohio in 45 minutes or you could be in in like new york state in 45 minutes that's amazing. Okay, cool. I'm gonna have to figure that out. I, you know, <laughs> we always, you know, we, um, we do a lot of road trips for vacation, which hashtag we're not doing this year. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, right. Like, wah, wah, wah. but, um, we always go West okay. and I've, I've ne- we, we, or we go South. So we usually head down South or we go West. We've never gone East before. So we're going to have to like make a concerted effort to go east and i'm going to learn all that stuff because i can tell you anything if you you know head west i know all of it but i know nothing um like i i, I funny story my son was asking something about uh pennsylvania because oh you know what it was i was telling him that i was going to talk to you oh. and he was like oh she's in pennsylvania and i was like yeah and he, and i go yeah it's this next state over and my husband's like nope no, <laughs> not. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, it's not. I was like, okay, well, anyway, <laughs> not my strong suit, but that's okay. yeah, right. It's, listen, I have strengths. This is not one of them. It's fine. Everything's fine. But listen, guys, if you want to learn more about Emma and what she does, and um, you know, just all the amazingness that is Emma, you can visit elfoperations.com and you can talk to her. And she will help you get your business in gear. Um, I'm also, Emma, if you could do me a favor and share with me the title of that book, um, you can just email it to me or message yeah. it to me or whatever. I'm going to share that in the um, notes for this episode, along with just some um, information on, you know, women shelters, shelters in general, because this is not necessarily specific to women. Um, and just some more information, how you can donate, how you can help if you need any resources. And, you know, I'm going to share all of your stuff on social media so that people can look you up and find you and you're going to be back anyway. They're going to hear from you again (laughs) because you are wonderful and we need you back. Um, I can't (laughs) wait to come back. We need you back. Um, (laughs) so do you have anything else that you want to share with moms who are listening? And it doesn't have to be about what we talked about. It could be, I don't know, like you think um, pink Skittles are the best. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to share. <laughs> I just think that if you're a mom and you're listening, that you gave birth. There is nothing that you cannot do. You're just blocking yourself. Like, regardless if you're in an abusive relationship or if you don't think you can start a business or this, that, the other thing, you can do way more than you think. And kind of going back to investing in yourself, you can always invest time. If you don't have extra money, just invest time into yourself. Like, give yourself that break. There, you do not need to have that mom guilt. It's you need to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So I'm yes. preaching your message to invest in yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And it's the, that you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. Um, if I had a dollar for every time I said that, um, you know, but seriously, like you have to put, you have to invest in you so that you can, you know, 
invest in your family and and take care of the people that you love because you this stuff doesn't just come from nowhere you have to <laughs> you have yeah. to put in um to to be able to give yes so, i agree you know uh, it's just sorry that's just the way it is i know people don't want to hear is. that you know they don't want to hear it um they need to hear it yeah but they need to hear it and and that's just that's just the way it is that's sorry <laughs> i'm just gonna tell you well yeah. emma Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I just, oh, this is so cool. I, 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 again, I just want to thank you for sharing your story um, because it wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not easy. And, and I think you said this is probably the first time you've discussed this publicly outside of your yeah. family and friends. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I do not take that lightly and I appreciate the, you know, the strength that it took to share this story. Um, and so I thank you and I am um, thanking you from, uh, from my listeners that, you know, are going to hear this, that for your strength and for just being brave and stepping out and doing something, it really shows your heart that you are willing to, you know, um, come out and say, and, and say things that need to be said, because it's scary. And, um, it's not people fun. don't want to talk yeah. about it sometimes, but yeah. it definitely needs to be yeah. talked about. Yeah. yeah. That's just, those, those are the facts. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to have sunshine puppy dogs, but we got to also discuss, you know, some, some, some serious issues. And so I thank you so much for, for being willing to put yourself out there and, and for doing that. Thanks for having me too. Well, like you didn't even know me before all this no. and you were so nice enough to hear me out and let me do this. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, um, one of the reasons I do what I do is because I want, I, I, all right, I'll be honest with you. I don't feel like moms get hurt enough. Yeah. So that's I what I do. I, I talk to moms and um, I want to provide a platform for them to, share and to share experiences because there are there are so I just feel like if we if we could just figure it out how to like band together <laughs> and do this together um man we'd be unstoppable so oh I agree yes love it so yeah <laughs> well thank you so much I hope you have um a wonder what day is it I don't listen I don't know what day oh it's Thursday well look yep. at that <laughs> <laughs> it's Thursday. Wow. Yeah. No, my husband and I got into an actual fight last week about what day of the week it was. Um, I was wrong. I've had that fight. Yeah. Like it mm -hmm. was like kind of heated. It was weird. <laughs> like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, you are wrong. And then he was right, but it's fine. Everything's fine. I hope you have a great Thursday and a rest in the rest of your week. I will message you or email you, um, if not tomorrow, definitely on Monday about setting up everything for you to come back. Okay. Okay. I can't wait. Thank you. You enjoy cool. your weekend too. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You see what I mean? Isn't Emma just one of those people that you are just, ugh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just naturally so proud of her and everything that she's accomplished and what she was able to get out of. And I just, again, I want to thank her so much for being on the show and for sharing her story and for making sure that she helps other people who might be in a similar situation to one that she was in, helping them to make that change and to get out of it and to get help. I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to share the 
resources that we spoke about in the episode. But if you are in a dangerous situation and you are in need of help right now, please do not hesitate to go to www.thehotline.org. That is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and that will help you get resources that you can use right now, or you can call them at 1-800-799-7233. Again, that is 1-800-799-7233, and you can chat with an advocate right now. You can chat with one on their website or by calling that number. It is a national hotline, so if you need help right now, please do not hesitate to do that. We will, um, I'm going to share that information in the notes, but I just wanted to make sure you had that right now so that if there's some, if there's something that you need to do, you can go ahead and start doing that and, and get that into motion. Okay, guys, I know this topic was heavy, but I'm excited that Emma is going to be back. She is going to be one of our, um, one of our moms for Mom Business May. So... I am just so excited to have her back. I really feel like she's just such a, oh, she was so great. I feel like I could talk to her for hours, even though I could talk to most people for hours. I really, really feel like I could talk to Emma for hours. And she's just such an, a remarkable woman and just a testament to the strength of us mamas and of us women. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. For more information on Taking Back You and the Taking Back You Momcast, visit us at takingbackyou.com. From there, you'll be able to follow us on social media, listen to past episodes, and learn all about the mission of Taking Back You. Be sure to subscribe to get future episodes. And from all of us at Taking Back You, thank you so much for your support.